Anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, let's look this morning at uh, God will heal me, okay? God will heal you. I mean, it, it, it's not a matter of that he has the ability and he has the power. Where do you know all that? The key is we need to know he will. So I want us to start here at Hebrews chapter uh, 13, and let's go up to, uh, uh, look at verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, interesting enough, I'm not going to use any book but the Bible because that's what matters. There's a lot of other information out there which actually would say the opposite. A lot of people have written books about trying to explain healing and also explaining when there's not any healing. Well, I'm not going to do that because I don't find that in the book right here. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, uh, now, uh, let's go to the book of John just a moment. And uh, I want us to go to John chapter uh, 8 here. And uh, uh, let's see. Let's scroll down. Well, in John chapter 8, notice Jesus says in verse 31, uh, to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, in our society, we use this phrase, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You'll hear it in movies and whatever. Well, it came from Jesus. And most people know that. I mean, some people wouldn't. But uh, that's where it actually came from. And they share it for whatever they're trying to talk about, whether it's uh, some sort of well, whatever they want to use it for. But Jesus is talking about his own word here. Now, interesting, verse 33, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. Okay, so it's a big argument going on between Jesus and these, uh, uh, and these Jews here. But anyway, uh, uh, something takes place here toward uh, the latter part of, um, of this discussion, and I want to get to it. Let me scroll down here. They even go so far as to say, uh, to Jesus, then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast the devil? In other words, you're just devil-possessed, you know. Jesus said, I'm, I'm, I don't have a devil. Okay, but let's keep going. Oh, it gets pretty heated down here. Look what the Lord says. Look down here at verse 56. Now remember, we, our first verse was, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're, Jesus said, your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Uh-oh. What does this mean to their ears? Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Uh-oh. Look at this statement. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Let's pick this up in the Living Bible, and let's get it into more of uh, what we're used to hearing in our daily language here. Uh, let's go, Living Bible, we're going to need to come here, verse uh, 57. The Jewish leaders, they said this, you aren't even 50 years old. Sure, you've seen Abraham. <laughs> Look at Jesus. He answered, the absolute truth is, is that I was in existence before Abraham was ever born. Man, I'll tell you what, we got big problems here if we don't believe Jesus. Because Jesus just wasn't just some kid that grew up and the stars lined up good and he had some funny little miracles, mysterious. I don't understand. How. These were not mysterious. Jesus was God in the flesh. 
And God in the flesh was doing all these. Look at this picture now. At that point, the Jewish leaders picked up stones to kill him. But Jesus was hidden from them. And looks, uh, 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 but Jesus was hidden from them and walked past them and left the temple. Well, of course, we believe that everything that happens, and I'm making fun of this, we don't believe this. Everything that happens is the Lord's will. Well, isn't this crazy? God in heaven wanted the Jewish leaders to pick up stones and hurl them at Jesus. That's ridiculous. That was nothing but the devil. Jesus even said in this chapter here, you are of your father, the devil. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. <clears throat> so I just want you to see, that, you know, before Jesus even went to the cross, he had some trouble. Look at this. These guys tried to kill him. But Jesus was hidden from them and walked past them and left the temple. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's go next to, I want to go out here to something that happened in the Old Testament. Uh, we'll go to the book of Exodus, and we're going to go to chapter 15. This is right after the Israelites got away from, uh, they got away from Pharaoh. And uh, let's see. Uh, this is, I mean, you got to understand how exciting this was. Uh, then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. I know triumph, that's a big word. I wouldn't say triumph when I was getting my praise reports about, you know, not having run out of gas. I would have said, woo, I was just glad or whatever. Sometimes we think these words are so big that they, they have so much spiritual uh, significance that we miss the reality of what happened. Let me tell you something. These guys walk through on dry ground, and then when they reach the other side, here comes Pharaoh, and I tell you what, the Israelites were afraid that Pharaoh was going to get through, but while they were standing there watching, the waters rushed back, and it killed Pharaoh and his armies and their glorious weaponry that they had, which was all these chariots. I mean, the Israelites didn't beat the Egyptians with their weapons. They didn't have any. And you may feel today you don't have any weapons either, but don't worry. God is on your side. He's going to take care of you. So I want us to see the strength of this song. We're going to switch books here. Let's go to the Living Bible here, and let's just see if they, in fact, were a little bit excited. Okay. Uh, then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. Uh, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown both horse and rider into the sea. That's pretty good. Wow. The Lord is my strength, my song, and my salvation. No, we need to get this. They were not talking about going to heaven. You know, well, at least some of them might have been thinking, you know, if Pharaoh gets me, I'm going to heaven. But obviously, that's not what happened here because the Lord stopped this army that was coming after them. The Lord is my strength. Notice this. He didn't say, the Lord is my strength just this one instant. See, a lot of times when we hear great things, we think, well, God did it for that person. And it's so funny, you can recognize unbelief because you will never say, God will do it for me without using your faith. It'll be like, well, I don't know if it'll ever happen for me. You, know? you rule yourself out first, but you'll grant a blessing to somebody else. Well, I know God will do it for them, but why is it that there's so much he won't do it for me? And there's where we mess up because notice this. If you ever were to read this verse, you know, Exodus 15, verse 2, you have to read it. You don't say the Lord was their strength or is their strength. You read it like it says, the Lord is my strength and my song and my salvation. Now, this salvation here cannot be talking about going to heaven. 
as my background being a Baptist, the only thing we ever preached was go to heaven, you know, salvation. That's the only thing we ever believed God was able to do. Thank God we at least stuck with that message. But of course, there's more. So this story here, when it says my salvation means whatever your enemy is, no matter what trouble you're facing, he is my salvation. He will get me out of it. He is my God. I will praise Him. He's my Father's God. I will exalt Him. The Lord is the warrior. Yes, Jehovah is His name. Can you read the excitement here? Okay, now, oh, that's just a side thought. I want us to go back down here. We're looking at uh, God will heal you, so let's skip down here a little bit. Oh, let me switch back over here to the King James just a moment. Okay. Oh, Okay, look at this. Uh, look at verse 26. And he said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, look at this, that healeth thee. Notice he didn't say, I have the power to heal thee. He didn't say that. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Well, let's let him be that then. I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's amazing that uh, this, this uh, matter of fact, we'd heard this story before. Uh, we've heard, I remember studying in Sunday school in the Baptist church when I was a kid about to, where they threw, the, uh, they threw this tree into the water because the waters were bitter and the, and the Israelites were afraid. They were murmuring. They were saying, well, God brought us out here and now we're going to drink this water that's uh, basically poison or whatever. This is crazy. But anyway, uh, God made those waters sweet. And then if you kept reading there, you'd find out that he says, I am the God that he let thee. Let's go to, uh, excuse me, the same book here. But I want us to go to uh, the, uh, the 23rd chapter here. And again, we find something very interesting here. Because God just said here that I am the God that he let thee. Okay, so uh, let's go here to the 23rd chapter. Uh, here we go. Okay, and interesting enough, uh, the the twenty third uh, chapter's got uh, a lot of things in there that we've heard over and over again. Uh, but anyway, I want us to go down here to verse. Um, let's start here in uh, verse twenty two. But if you shall indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. My angels shall go before thee, bring you. In unto the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and I'll cut them off. You know, I know it's interesting. I mean, why are we studying this? Is this a history lesson? No, it's not a history lesson. We need to pull these things into our own life. I, mean, I don't care what your troubles are. God is still an enemy to your enemies. Remember when he knocked on Abraham's door and said, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. That's Genesis chapter 15. Prior to that, in Genesis chapter 12, when, he, when God spoke to him, he said, I'll bless you, I'll bless those that bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you. God is always on your side, and he will take care of you. But, of course, if you uh, spend your life just looking out the windows of your own eyes, and you never read the Bible any and find out these things are so, then you're going to be on your own. Uh, now, let's skip down here. To, uh, well, I'm going to look up this 24. Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images. Now, there's a reason for that. In the book of Jeremiah, we find God mocking the Israelites because they would carve out idols. 
And God would say, well, why don't you just ask that idol to deliver you from your enemies? God was making fun of that. But today, if we zoom ahead into our culture, into America right now, we think God won't do anything. Well, man, I, I think I need to carve me an idol out because I need some help. But wait a minute. God was mocking the Israelites for saying that you should take that wood. That, in other words, you, you build a fire with the same uh, ingredients that you build your God out of. Why don't you just pray to that idol and have it deliver you? Well, God... Uh, I forgot. Uh, you're confusing me. I, I, I always heard that you wouldn't help me from my enemies. Are you kidding? That's the theme of the Bible. David said in Psalm 18, I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Your enemy is anything that's killing and stealing and destroying. You know, we've played so many games with the scriptures. We think we know so much about the Bible, yet we're not acting like any of it's real. And we've got to begin to say, you know what? God will get me out of my trouble. So anyway, watch this. Verse 25, because God was mocking here in Exodus chapter 24, saying, hey, don't mess with these other idols because they'll never do for you what I'll do for you. Now, what is it, God, you're going to do? Verse 25, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Notice he didn't say, I have the power to. That's what we messed up. He didn't say, I have the power to. He said, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Praise God. Look at verse 26. There shall nothing cast their young. Wow. I mean, we need, don't need to be worried about miscarriages. Richard, you're getting in deep here. It's not me we're talking about our God. I'm telling you, people have trouble here. I, I know of a, a, a lady at work years ago, and now she's got kids. And uh, but I shared these things with her because she was brokenhearted. She thought, I mean, uh, it, uh, it ain't ever going to happen. I know others, you know, uh, kinfolk that I knew that were having trouble here, one miscarriage after another. And yet they would put their trust in the Lord, and then now they have got children. I mean, we don't run from scriptures just because we feel like, well, I know somebody who had a miscarriage. No, that's when you need to run to the scriptures. Look what it says. There shall none cast their young. There shall nothing cast their young. He wasn't just talking about, you know, your brothers and your sisters and all, all your, I mean, people here. It covers all your cows and your cattle and everything else. Praise the Lord. But anyway, now watch this. Look at the next phrase. Nor be barren in the land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. Now remember, he gave this promise to the entire Israeli nation, and we already know, estimated, it was about 6 million people. So out of 6 million people, I guess, uh, I'll raise my hand, I'll be one of the ones that this doesn't work for. What? Why would I want to even say that? See, that's totally unbelief. I mean, I'd be like listening to the Lord mention this, and of course, it was Moses here that was talking to the Israelites. And I would have to raise my hand and say, that's all good and well, Mr. Moses, but I realize that God won't do that for me. See, that's unbelief. It's terrible unbelief. God has declared that the number of thy days I will fulfill. I want us to go back just a moment to the book of Genesis. Because remember, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. And, the, and uh, this day of um, the Internet and whatever, it's so, it's so easy. You can just go out into Google or Yahoo and just do a search on some of the things you might hear me mention here, and you'll find chapter and verse where you can go read it for yourself. 
and uh, you'll find out that, praise God, this stuff is so, hallelujah. Okay, uh, notice this, God walks up to Abraham in Genesis 15, verse 1, and he says to Abraham in a vision, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. You know, we could cut through the chase here. Why is this even in my Bible? I mean, great. Yeah, God, I, I'm a little jealous here. Why are you Abraham's shield and exceeding great reward? I'm, I'm a little busy here. Oh, I know what it is. I'm supposed to be in church today because if I go to church today, I'll get a couple of stars, and that means probably one time this year I'll get one request in prayer granted because I've been good. I, got, I went to church, and you'll grant me. See how we deal with God? This is ridiculous. God will grant you your petition. So says Psalm 20. So says Mark 11:24. What things shall you desire when you pray? Believe you receive them, and you shall have them. So you need to slip your name in here where it says, Fear not, Abram. It needs to say, Fear not, Richard. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. How many times have you read the book of Psalms and you'll hear David talk about, You are my fortress. You're my shield. You're my refuge. You're my high tower. That's because he is. Now, I want us to skip down here because something happened here in this, um, this chapter that's very interesting. Uh, God starts talking to Abram. Now remember, the book of Galatians says, if you are Abraham's seed, uh, me, if you are Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Also, the New Testament says that you are blessed with faithful Abraham. So quit thinking that, well, I'm just not. You'll never get anywhere with that. And again, I challenge you, why is it that you want to separate yourself from God? Does God have a problem blessing people who are not Jews? I mean, is God run out of juice? Is he not the energy bunny? Energy, uh, you know, energizer bunny. I mean, can he not do that? He has got plenty. He will help you. Now, watch what happens here. God starts talking about his uh, uh, Abram's kids. He actually tells them they're going to wind up in Egypt, and he's going to bring them out. But I want you to see in verse 15. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. Well, what about a car wreck or a chariot wreck, you know, I mean, or getting run over by a camel or whatever, or famine, or, or you never know, I mean, they had cancer back in those days too. Good old Abram might get blown off the map here and die early. Oh, really? Well, then why did God go so far as to tell him, and remember, I'm a little jealous here, do not be telling me what you did to Abram. It has no impact on me if it's just about Jesus coming one day to save me. See, there's more to it than that. Jesus did come, and he will save you, and he will take you and I both to heaven. But there is a reason he said this. You know what? We need a little bit more time here. It's terrible for me at age 52 to lose my son, except we're going to say it's me, for Dustin to lose his dad at this age. we got too much more. Dustin's not even married yet. I wouldn't see his wife his kids, which would be my grandkids, and then uh, the closeness that he and I share and with his friends or whatever, I mean, I'm gone now. We have to deal with it. Well, why does that bring emotions and it hurts and, and, and tears a lot of times? Because we, we've lost. And I've lost my sister before at age 30. She was 32. She's no longer here. I would love for her to be here. And I yearn for her to be here. See, it's just not right. I mean, why wasn't it built in me to go, oh, right, now that we got my sister out of the way, that's great. You know, she died of diabetes. That's the greatest thing in the world. No, it was not the greatest thing in the world. Doctors tried to save my sister, and we could not. It's not good. Anyway, and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. 
Sounds like you're going to feel like everything's taken care of. Dustin's going to be all right. Joy's going to be all right. You know, I'm an old man. I'm ready to check out. Everything's good. I'm going on to heaven. See y'all in, you know, in several years, but I'll see you again. He says you'll be buried in a good old age. Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus said to those Jews, he said, before Abraham was, I was. I mean, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And they tried to pick up stones and say, no, no way, no way. Oh, but it's true. It's true. Be buried in a good old age. Let's look at this in the, uh, in the Living Bible. Let's see, that would be verse, uh, verse 15. Ah, uh, here it is. Verse 15. Look at that. But you will die in peace at a ripe old age. Mercy. Now, didn't we read in Exodus, he said, the number of your days I will fulfill. See, some people think that God's rolling dice up there, and Richard only has uh, a few numbers. You never know. You're living one day, and boom, you're gone the next. Let me ask you a question. You ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Yes. Okay, well, good. There's one of those commandments that's called with promise. Remember which one that is? It's one that should raise us all our lives. It's children, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, what? With promise. What's the promise? Oh, come on. We know this like the back of our hands. Think hard. That it may be well with thee and that you may live long on the earth. So why do we want to walk away and think that, yeah, but I mean, God may want me to die at 18 or 22 or in my 30s. We know so much about heart attacks. We're, we're the most scared nation in all the world. Dr. Dean Adell, I heard him on the radio say that we are so advanced in medical science. We are so full of knowledge. But he, Dr. Dean Adell said, yes, we worry so much about our health. We overwhelm ourselves with worry. I mean, that's the reason the media on the news is. I mean, all they got to do is sprinkle a few little symptoms and say, talk to your doctor about this. You'll think you got it because your right arm itch, you know. Do you scratch your head often? Do you have trouble here or whatever? I mean, you'll think, hey, I'm sick. And even if you are, it's okay. Go to the doctor. They're going to try to help you best they can. But I'm encouraging you to realize that God has said, I am the God that he lives be. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, let's go next to, um, let's go over here to, uh, let's close this. Let's go to the book of, uh, uh, book of Matthew here. This time we'll go to Matthew chapter 8. And let's look at this. Matthew chapter 8. A large crowd followed Jesus as he was coming down the hillside. Oh, take my time here. Okay, a few more minutes. Look, a leper is approaching. King James would say, behold. Okay. That's all I mean. Behold. Look. Okay. Well, let's just look. And let's, let's honestly think about the significance of this. Okay. Now, we got to quit thinking that, my goodness, Jesus really is the Christ. This is it. This was the very moment I really needed to see. Well, even if it was, Jesus, do you think he would heal somebody and say, Come out. No more healing. Y'all have enough. You already know I'm God. You already know I'm the Son of God. You already know I died for your sins. There ain't no more healing now. Are you kidding? Jesus has declared the works that I do shall you do also. These works are never going to quit. He says, look, a leper is approaching. Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. He kneels before him, worshiping, serves the leper, please. Look at this. If you want to, you can heal me. Ooh. 
I kind of think about that. Lord, if you want to, oh, I'm going to hurt me for a year. Oh, if you want to. Wait a minute. I know a scripture where somebody asked the Lord this same question. Now, remember, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, and if he's not, or if he's the same, shall we say, we'll find an incident of this where God says, oh, by the way, no, uh, I don't want to today. I did yesterday, but not today. Funny thing about it is you'll never find that scripture because it's not in it. The leper says, sir, if you want to, you can heal me. Now, remember this guy's got a skin disease, and I'm sure everybody else had jumped back. Oh, no. Whoo. Syphilis or whatever. I'm getting back from this guy. Jesus touched the man. Jesus, are you out of your mind? You're a Jew. You're supposed to wash your hands before you eat. You don't get near a dead person, and you always keep, you know, lepers away from you. Jesus says three little words here. I want to. You need to let that register on the inside of you. You need to hang on to that every time you're hurting, no matter what. I mean, my back will hurt occasionally or whatever, and I'm just so thankful that I believe the Bible explains to me that God will, that Jesus will. And I never do go to the Lord in prayer thinking, well, I know I about wore you out over this one. No, I go to the Lord in prayer knowing that he will and that he will help me, and I expect him to. Jesus touches the man and says, I want to. Look at the phrase, be healed. He didn't say, well, it may take several weeks. We're going we're gonna to put in a request here, and, you know, if it's God's timing, you know, whatever. Boy, Jesus uses the B word here. He says, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Wow. I want to go to another verse here. I want to come right back, but I want to show you something here. Uh, if you go to Mark chapter 11, uh, go down here to uh, verse 24. Jesus says, listen to me. You can pray for anything. Oh, well, excuse me, anything but healing. <laughs> no, I added that. I can't say that. But sometimes we'll want to. Right when we want to go to the Lord in prayer, we're just about to ask him and we'll think, oh, I don't know, this is probably God for some reason... It's not that he doesn't have the power. It's there's probably a reason he doesn't want me to have this. So never mind, God, I'm not going to answer. Are you kidding? Ask him. Ask him. He says you can pray for anything. That's what he says. And if you believe you have it, it's yours. Boy, now there's some responsibility that I've got to do. I've got to believe I have it. Jesus told that leper. He said, be healed. And then if you kept reading over there, he said that uh, Jesus told him to go show himself to the priest. And I'll tell you what. <clears throat> you can check your own unbelief. You'll recognize, you, uh, you'll recognize it and you'll go, you know what, I'm having such a tough time here. I really honestly don't believe he will. Well, that's okay. That's an honest assessment. What you need to do to deal with that is the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't go ask other people whether or not this stuff is so. Continue to read your Bible. Get to know Jesus. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you'll go, you know what? He will heal me. And he's going to heal me today. He's going to help me right now. Yes, he will. He certainly will. Let's go back to Mark. I'm mean, not Mark, but Matthew. Matthew chapter 8. So right after this leper gets healed, okay, uh, look at verse 5. Uh, when Jesus arrives in uh, Capernaum, uh, let's see, where am I at? Here we go. 
a Roman army captain came. Now, uh, uh, excuse me, what? A Roman. This was not a Jew. A Roman army captain came and pled with him to come to his home and heal his servant boy, who was in bed paralyzed and racked with pain. Oh, buddy, you can mark this one off. Paralysis, you're doomed. You ever thought that? I know I did. I used to see people that were, uh, you know, strapping. You'd hear the stories. They were, they were great athletes or whatever, and all of a sudden because of an accident, man, they're bound to a wheelchair. It's a scary thought. So a lot of times we like to feel like, what if that was us? And so we go there in our minds, and we see ourselves paralyzed, and we're like, I'll never get up. I'll never get up. I'll never get up. That's the end of it. You know, it's a spinal injury. It's over with, whether it's a car wreck or whatever. Well, that's the depth of this one right here. But again, why is this story in the Bible? You know, we can, you know, make up our own mind and say, well, again, you know, this was, well, let me tell you, there was a lot of people in this room, I mean, that were, uh, uh, that Jesus is going to describe here. He's going to say that, uh, uh, you know, in the kingdom of God, there's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're all going to be at this table together. And, uh, but uh, <clears throat> a lot of people that are supposed to be here won't be here because they don't believe. Let's keep reading here. Watch this. So anyway, uh, Jesus arrived to Capernaum. A Roman army captain came and pled with him to come to his home and heal his servant boy who was in bed paralyzed and racked with pain. I mean, this guy must have known something about Jesus' uh, willingness to do this for him. He didn't say, well, hey, let's just try this. <laughs> Notice what Jesus said. Yes, said Jesus. I will come and heal him. Then the army officer, the officer said, Sir, I'm not worthy that you, uh, to have you in my home. And it isn't necessary for you to come. Boy, I'm, I'm like, well, you, you, you definitely need Jesus to be there. I mean, it's like today, a lot of people today, you just, you know, I, I could be healed if, if Jesus would walk through those doors there. If I was just there on the shores of Galilee. Well, remember when God talked to Abraham and whatever, uh, you couldn't see Jesus. Moses couldn't see him either. And when God spoke to all those six million Jews, you couldn't see God. All he did was tell them that I'm the God that he let see. So he says, um, it isn't necessary for you to come. He says, if you will only stand here and say, look at that, be healed, my servant will get well. I know because I'm under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. And I say to one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my slave boy, do this or that. And he does it. And I know you have authority to tell sickness to go, and it will go. Jesus stood there amazed, turning to the crowd. Now, look, this is, must be an instructional moment. I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel. And I tell you that many Gentiles, like this Roman officer, said, you and I are Gentiles shall come from all over the world and sit down in the kingdom of heaven with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And many of the Israelites, those whom the kingdom was prepared, shall be cast out into outer darkness into the place of weeping and torment. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go home. What you have believed has happened. And the boy was healed that same hour. Well, if you'll notice the numbers on this chapter, we're now up to verse 14. And oh my goodness, you're kidding me. Is he going to heal somebody else? Yes, he is. We might as well keep reading here. Uh, one of these numbers is going to be you. I mean, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just watch what happened. Jesus arrives at Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law was in bed with a high fever. I mean, that's not serious. She'll get over it. 
Well, maybe so, but Jesus will hear you. Yeah, but Richard, it's just a little bit of tonsillitis I have. It's just a little bit of congestion I got in my lungs a little bit. It's just, it's just a little headache. It'll be gone a little bit. Why don't you let Jesus take care of that headache right now? Uh, it's just, just my back's hurting just a little bit. Well, Richard, frankly, I, I'm fine here. It's a little financial trouble I'm having. Why don't you let Jesus handle some of these things for us? We need a big old smile on your face. Jesus said that... Uh, <clears throat> Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Well, anyway, but when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her, and she got up and prepared a meal for them. Wow. Verse 16. I mean, I don't see where the Beatitudes are yet. We need to start telling people how to, you know, be better Christians and all this healing stuff happening. Are you kidding? Verse 16. Now the whole town is showing up at Jesus' house. What? <laughs> well, that's the name of the program. You are so distracted by the things that hurt you, whether it's financial or social or whatever. If you'll let Jesus help you, you're going to find out that, you know, praise God, you will, your heart will belong to him. It's no problem. He knows who you are. He considers you his child. We, we just get wrapped around the axle sometimes thinking that, you know, well, I've got to do a, a million things before Jesus will ever help me. Well, how many in verse 16, how many millions of people here did God have to uh, go through and single out and say, well, I can't heal you? Let's read 16. That even several demons of this people were brought to Jesus, and he spoke a single word, and all the demons fled, and all the sick were healed. Uh-oh, I thought he said something about prophecy. Yeah, he did. Look at verse 17. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah. He took our sicknesses and bore our diseases. No, I don't believe that's in the Bible. Yes, it is. It's Isaiah 53. You ever heard the verse that says, all we like sheep have gone astray? Uh, and then he goes on and says, but he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And the Lord has laid upon him the chastisement of us all. But he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes were healed. Jesus quoted that verse here. It's being referenced here in Matthew. And it's talking about he took our sicknesses and bore our diseases. Some people, I know I was, I heard this too, being a, a young uh, ministerial student, student, going to be a preacher, that was going to be my career, and I was trained that that is spiritual sickness. Is that right? Well, it sure wasn't spiritual sickness here when the centurion's uh, servant boy was paralyzed. It sure wasn't a spiritual sickness that Simon Peter's mother had a fever. I mean, she could have just dealt with that, but Jesus said, no, we're going to get her healed. Praise the Lord. And he'll get you healed too. He will. Praise the Lord. Anyway, uh, this, this never quits. It just keeps going on and on and on. Uh, one last scripture. Let's stop right here. Let's go back to the book of Psalms here. And uh, uh, click the right thing here. This time let's go back to Psalms, uh, uh, Psalms 103. Stop right here. I know we got a little long here. But Psalm 103, bless the Lord. Uh, uh, let me go back to King James, excuse me. Uh, uh, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Notice this is a personal thing that he's doing uh, in his own life. He's not saying, I hope everybody's watching. No, nah, we'll get everybody to watch later. This is between you and God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Now, remember, when you read this, this is you. You'll be going, following the instruction book, okay, Psalm 103. Yeah, okay, just, just say it out loud. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Okay. And all that's within me, in other words, I need to really get with it here. Bless his holy name. 
And why? Oh my goodness. Read the next verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I know what benefits are. I'm, man, I'm, my job I am now is better than the job I have for the benefits. It's the same thing. Forget not all his benefits. Here it is. Who forgives all thy iniquities. And what's the rest? And heals all thy diseases. Now, he doesn't quit in verse 3. He goes on and on and on and on. I don't care what you're facing. It's covered here. And quit saying, you know, my sin's worse than everything. Jesus died on the cross for your mistakes. Verse 4, he redeems your life from destruction. Your life is not over. It's not. I don't care what you've done. He crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Oh, yeah, it sounds so King Jamie. Well, let's change it just a minute. Okay. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle. He gives justice to all that are treated unfairly. Skip down here just a little bit. He's merciful. Verse 8. Uh, tend to those who don't deserve it, maybe like you. He's slow to get angry and full of mercy. He never uh, bears a grudge. We believe that. Well, God's not talking to me this week. I mean, he's, he's, I'm in timeout. You put yourself in timeout. God is talking to you. He wants to help you. Look at verse 10. He's not punished us as we deserve for all our sins. But yet we feel like it. Uh, I didn't get no prayers answered this week because, you know, I mean, oh, God's mad at me. He declares he's not punished us as we deserve for our sins. Wonder why? Because Jesus was wounded for your transgression. You can't go through enough torment to make it to heaven on your own. That's not the way the game's played. It's the blood of Jesus. Oh, real quickly, verse 11. His mercy toward those that fear him and honor him is great as the heavens are high above the earth. Verse 12, he's removed our sins so far from us as far as the east is from the west. I mean, so how much you want to argue with God, God is telling you and I this morning, your sins are not the problem. The problem is your unbelief. You just need to believe that I will help you and I will help you. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that by your stripes we're healed. You will take care of us concerning our bodies. Praise God, we don't have to earn it. It's all a gift Jesus gave us. Same thing's true concerning finances. If we're hurting financially today, it doesn't matter. You'll take care of us. So many times over and over and over again, our God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And Lord, if we're faced with anything, it apparently doesn't matter. You'll get us out of trouble. You're a stronghold in the day of trouble. Well, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left. What is it you want us to do? Oh, go tell others about you. Tell them the great things the Lord's done for you. That's what we're going to do. And praise God, you said, Lord, it's great things, and so great things follow us all the time. We appreciate you, Lord, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. I mean, we'll do it right now.